to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. We often talk about physical health and mental health, but we talk about them as two separate entities, as though they are a bit siloed. Um, but, but really, these two things work hand in hand. And this week's guest, Amanda Webster, um, is an expert in this space. She has an incredible story, an incredible background, and has overcome a lot to uh, get where she is today. And as part of that, what she's doing is helping others understand the value and importance and the benefits of maintaining both physical and mental health in keeping those two things together, keeping those two concepts married instead of keeping them separated. Uh, So some amazing information. I highly encourage you to go check out some of the information that she has out there and how she is helping others stay strong and healthy both mentally and physically. Uh, Certainly I want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button so you get the latest content. Also, if there's any uh, content that you'd like to learn more about, if there's a topic you'd like to hear more about, or if you have any questions for us, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can contact us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Um, You know, as as a business owner myself, and and I know many of you out there listening, uh, run businesses, lead businesses, um, there's a lot of stresses and and anxiety that comes along with that. You know, there are a lot of challenges that happen on a day-to-day basis, and uh, it's very important for the health of our business that we take care of our own personal health as well, and not just simply our physical health. You know, that's something that, that we talk about occasionally, you know, making sure that we're making time to, to stay physically healthy, but we also need to make sure that we're taking care of our mental health and that we can't allow those two things to really become separated. They have to be uh, sort of combined in one for us to be able to operate uh, at our full potential. And, and we need to do the same thing to allow space and capacity for our teams to be able to do that so that they can operate at full capacity. So I'm really excited this week to have our guest on, uh, Amanda Webster, who is um, who, who has a lot of great experience in this kind of mindset of how do we combine these two things and make sure that they're not separated out and and keeping the priorities really where they need to be. So, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. And as we get started here, um, why don't you walk us through, you, you have a really unique journey. You have a really special journey that you've been through. Why don't you talk us through your history and experience and catch us up to where you are now? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. Um, For me, when I got into coaching, when I really started taking it seriously, I was in a very, very, I just come out of actually a very, very dark place. Mm -hmm. And I kind of found this as my way, not only to help others, but in doing that, I found that I was healing myself more and more because I, in, in 2018 had almost taken my life in a Canadian hotel room in the fall of 2018. And I was at rock bottom. Like I didn't know what to do. I'd seen the professionals. I'd taken the medication. I'd taken the yoga classes. I'd done all these things and I didn't know what to do. And in the months following that, I really started doing some soul searching. I went to school for um, specifically holistic nutrition, but I did a full mind-body wellness program. So I became certified as a mind-body wellness coach Mm -hmm. with a specialty in holistic nutrition. Then I did a few yoga teacher trainings as well. 
And I really realized that it was time to get back to basics. I realized that there was no way I was going to be able to heal myself mentally. And this is what the, the mental health professionals told me. You're never going to live a fulfilling life. You're never going to be really happy. You're just going wow. to survive, basically. And yeah. that wasn't okay for me. I was not <laughs> going to be subjected to living complacently ever after. Yeah. So I, I had to make this journey. I had to take one step at a time of changing my lifestyle, changing the way I saw things, changing the way I, I lived in general. And the lessons that I learned from that is kind of what I teach to my clients that I teach to my uh, people when they come to me looking for, for advice. I say, you know, for a lot of people, happiness just seems to be this elusive thing that, oh, well, people that are really rich get that, or people that are Buddhist monks get that. But <laughs> it's not really elusive, even though yeah. I had struggled with mental health problems my whole life. I'd went in and out of addiction with cocaine and alcohol, cigarettes, self-harm, you name it. Yeah. I found happiness and I found fulfillment. And I took that and turned that into my empire. Yeah. My legacy. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it was? What was that turning point for you that you were able to see that shift? I mean, as you say, you've got medical professionals, mental health professionals that are saying um, because of, you know, some hard wiring, you're never really going to sense this fulfillment that you're looking for. There's sort of a gap. There's an emptiness there. Um, and, and I think, and the reason I think this is important for people to understand is because I think many people feel that in some way, just at different, um, at varying degrees, you know, mm -hmm. so in your situation, you know, you were, uh, you know, facing addictions and, and substance abuse, um, others that may be that, you know, the workaholic or they're putting their, their work before their family, or they're striving for that next dollar. They're striving for whatever's next in life, the next thing they can build, the next thing they can grow, the next accolade trophy on the shelf, whatever it is, there's a hole there. There's sort of a gap. And you were able to, um, make that shift into saying, you know, I can find fulfillment. What was it that a allowed that shift to happen for you and um, looking back on it, what were maybe some triggers that you started to notice to say, okay, this is the direction I need to go. This is how I need to do this differently. I think my biggest trigger was actually the therapist saying that to me when somebody told me you can't kill yourself. Yeah. The, the inner, I guess it was my dad's voice really inside my head going, watch me. I will prove you wrong now. Yeah. Now you've told me I can't. Now I, I have this, desire to prove you wrong. And right. I guess that was kind of my driving force. And it made me realize that there was a time where I would have listened to them. There was a time where I would have said, okay, I can't heal myself. Right. I guess I'll just go, you know, do a line of Coke or hurt, harm myself or do whatever I had to do to get through that day. There was a time where that would have happened. But when they told me that, and I felt that inside of me yeah. going, screw you, that was my real turning point where I realized I'm going to do this. I don't give a damn what the doctor says. I don't give a damn what the psychologist says. I don't give a damn what society says. I'm going to heal myself. Mm -hmm. And I did. And yeah. it, it, there were a lot of things along the journey after that, that were kind of indicators that I was on the right path. Like actually last night uh, I was having a conversation with someone and they started bringing up politics and I truthfully don't like to talk politics mm -hmm. and I have my own opinions, obviously, but mm -hmm. usually I get really irritable when people bring things up like that. But this time I just went, you know what, do I particularly like our president? No, not really, but I, I, 
I have my reasons, but at the same time, he's just a man that's doing his job in the way that he sees is best. And I don't agree with it. And that's really all it boils down to. And when I had that realization and I didn't feel that anger and that bitterness and all these nasty feelings that used to come up for me all, all the time, there's just moments like that along the path where I realized, Hey, something shifted. And I don't even think I realized that it shifted until, until, you know, it comes up, but there's just been so many moments like that where I went, Hey, I reacted to that better. Or, Hey, um, for example, a few months ago, my car broke down and this is something that would have given me a panic attack. I mean, a full blown panic attack Mm -hmm. a year ago. Yeah. And my, my car broke down. I didn't know what to do. My phone had 6%. And I stood beside the road and started doing yoga. I just started doing yoga by my broke down car and thought, you know what? I'll get home somehow. (laughs) And I did. I ended up obviously getting home and getting help and everything. But what was the point in freaking out? What was the point in in panicking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that is, that's one of the things that's really unique about your kind of platform um, is that uh, it's not just simply about the, the physical health. It's not about, you know, making sure that we are working out every day or they have 30 minutes of activity or that we have, um, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. And, uh, you, you know, you've even, you've got a quote right on the front of your website about, um, that happiness takes balance. And if you treat your body well, but mistreat your mind, you're still going to find yourself. And I, and I, and the, and the reason I, I think this is so valuable for people to hear and understand is, um, you know, as a wellness coach, as a fitness instructor, you, um, you know, can easily focus on that physical side, you know, make sure that, you know, you're constantly pushing yourself to get stronger, faster, um, you know, making sure that you're, you're working out your body well, but the one area of health that a lot of people neglect, um, and just sort of forget about, and that oftentimes is, it's seen as okay. You know, if, if we are not healthy physically, people know it, recognize it, and, you know, kind of call that out. If we aren't healthy mentally, we can kind of hide that in ways. And even if we aren't hiding it well, most people aren't going to say, hey, you know, it's not like, hey, do you really need that fifth donut? You know, they're not going to say that about your mental health. Like, hey, you're getting pretty cranky. So, so uh, tell us, you know, help us understand um, why it's so important that we put just as much focus on our mental health as we do our physical health. Well, our mental health is our physical health. Our brain is still part of our physical body. And that's what people forget is there is a very real connection. Actually, the vagus nerve connects the brain to um, to the digestive system and stuff. So there's a very real connection there between you know what you're eating, what you're doing to your body and your mental health. But there's also a level of how are you talking to yourself? You know, how are you showing up? What are you subjecting yourself to? If you're sitting there watching the news six times a day, it doesn't matter if you're going to the gym for an hour before that, your mental health is going to take a toll. So they're very interconnected, but at the same time, you're right. People tend to forget it. And I will tell you that when I, even when I was at my very darkest times where I was using cocaine regularly, where I was suicidal Mm -hmm. very frequently, The number one thing I heard from people close to me in my life uh, once I started to come forth about my story and my struggles was I had no idea. Nobody had any clue except maybe a very few close, close friends. Nobody had a clue. I put on that smile and I posted those pictures on Instagram like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show my highlight reel and not my struggles. And it's very important because if you're not taking care of your mental health, 
number one, your physical health is going to, is going to be affected by it anyway. Mm-hmm. But for even from a business standpoint, that's going to affect how you show up. That's going to affect how, uh, how much energy you have, how effective you are, how productive you are. It's going to affect the quality of your work. And on a more personal standpoint, like I have a nine-year-old son, it's going to affect your interactions with the people you love the most, your family, your uh, friends, maybe your coworkers or your team, your business team. It definitely affects that. And you might not see it at the time. Right. But looking back now, I can see how it very much affected everyone. It was it was a butterfly effect. It affected everyone that mm-hmm. you know got anywhere within my my bubble. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if if someone's out here listening to this and maybe they are recognizing some cues, you know that maybe there's some irritability or there's some additional stress or anxiety that they're fearing or they're feeling or facing. Um, what is maybe a first step that you recommend? What is what is kind of that first thing that you think, okay, if you start to recognize this, or maybe if some loved ones around you are saying, hey, I'm noticing some changes, some differences, what's that first step to start to reverse the cycle? I had to really take inventory of my life and see what it was that wasn't serving me because there was so much in my life that I was doing that was actually harmful to me. And being honest with myself and sitting down and saying, and this was, this is beyond the addiction. Like I'd been clean for quite some time when I, when I started doing this, Mm -hmm. but we we don't notice the habits that we have that can be very detrimental to us. As I said, maybe checking social media every 15 minutes or, Mm -hmm. you know, watching the news all the time or gossiping. There's so many things that we can do that, that start negatively affecting our mental health. And I think sitting down looking at those things and kind of triaging them to see which ones are really having the most negative effect. That's a really good start. Mm -hmm. And also once you kind of start looking at that, building a happiness bank. Now I know this sounds kind of silly, Mm -hmm. but it's easy for us to kind of say, okay, well right now I'm okay. I'm not stressed out. So I'm just going to go about my day. And then when something stressful happens, we lose our freaking mind because we didn't yeah. really have much to go off of, much fuel in the first place. We were kind of going on fumes. Mm-hmm. For me, I now in my day-to-day life will build that happiness bank, will put you know deposits in my happiness bank that just make me feel good. So that way when I'm not stressed, when there's not a lot going on, I have these things that are building these things that are that I can look back upon when I am feeling stressed out and go, right. you know what? It was better yesterday. You know, I, I felt really happy yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, especially for people that are very high stress individuals mm-hmm. that you take time to do things that you enjoy. And you can absolutely do these things, you know, while you're still being productive. I know I have a really hard time um, just sitting and saying, okay, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. <laughs> that was one of my goals. It doesn't happen very often. And yeah. I, I'm honest with myself. That's just not something that, that really helped me. I I do have my mindfulness exercises. Don't get me wrong, but I just never really wanted to sit and meditate for 20 minutes, but doing those things that make you happy so that you can be more mindful so that you can be more actually grateful. It it gave me a lot more reasons to be grateful. And that has been um, scientifically proven to help with mental health as well. And they actually proved that even if you can't find anything to be grateful for, which is crap, there's always something to be grateful for, but (laughs) even if you can't find something to be grateful for, it's actually the act of looking for something to be grateful for that boosts our happiness and lowers our stress. It's not actually finding things. So that was, that was something really important in my, 
journey was was having a regular gratitude pro, um, practice. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's funny because a lot of these things are so known now. Like everybody's talking about gratitude and mindfulness, right? And it gets kind of brushed off as oh that's just a bunch of new age hippie woo woo mm-hmm. and they ignore the fact that there is scientific research behind this there's a lot of research behind mindfulness um yoga the connection between physical and mental health there is research on this and people just kind of choose to ignore it but really there are a lot of components to to leading a happy fulfilling yeah. life and i i'm actually about to launch a program that kind of goes through the steps from where i was rock bottom, ready to end my life to now living a happy and fulfilling life because there are so many components that I found to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, something, a word that I use a lot is um, intentionality, just being intentional. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks a lot to what you're talking about there. You know, when we are specifically trying to find things to be grateful for, finding things that bring us joy, you know, filling that happiness bank. um, You know, if we know that we uh, enjoy the outdoors. It's it's being intentional about finding time to be outdoors. If we know that we um, that there's you know that there's a uh, you know some some joy that we get from being around our family. It's finding those times to be intentional about spending time with our family, so that when we have those days um, that it is a struggle or a challenge, we can think back to yeah, this one's tough. But you know, last week uh, when I was out playing golf you know, that was really nice. It was such a good afternoon to be able to do that, having those things. And, and, and you made another really good point there that I think is great for people to understand is it's easy to get caught up in the, the woe is me victim mentality that everything's bad, everything's terrible, but looking for those things that are good and positive and ourselves and our world and the things that are happening around us, there's a lot of value and benefit to that. And um, you know, as you and I are recording, we're, we're sort of uh, hopefully towards the tail end, oh, time will tell, but hopefully towards the tail end, a lot of the coronavirus issues. And even through that, you know, early in the stages of this, I remember thinking, um, you know, something I try to make sure to do every day is what are some things that I'm thankful for today? What are some things I'm thankful for this week? And and I remember thinking even through all of that, everything's shutting down, um, you know, all of a sudden we're having to physically distance ourselves from those around us. But thinking, you know, I'm so, yeah, but, it, and as a natural introvert, I was like, hey, this isn't that bad. But right. I also remember thinking, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that we have technology today because, had we had the same type of thing 20 years ago, it would have been worse, you know? So we have technology today that allows us to connect virtually that allows us to see people still, Um, you know, being thankful for, uh, you know, and and not thinking about the negative side of the, the social distancing, but the positive side of it, the time that I'm spending with my family more or that we're not being rushed to ball games and ball practices, but we're able to spend more time at home and looking for just those things that, have happened to us or around us that, you know, just by simply shifting the mindset a little bit and say, okay, I don't like that ball season is canceled. I do like that. I'm spending more time at home, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it's sometimes seeing those types of things and thinking about the things that we are thankful for um, can really um, ease a lot of the stress and anxiety that we have. And I know, and again, you know, talking to, to business leaders that, that are saying, hey, my business, you know, practically shut down or I had to lay off all my employees or I was laid off. And um, yeah, th- those are bad things. There's no doubt about it. Those are terrible things. 
Um, but there are still some silver linings that we can find if we are intentional about looking for them instead of simply trying to find um, the the glaring negatives that are kind of punching in the punching us in the face. So it really does help. It makes a big difference when we can help shift our mindset and just be intentional about what are the good things that are happening around us right now. Yeah, because, you know, no matter what situation we're in, we can kind of choose whether to see the good or the bad, whether it's a global pandemic or, you know, a relationship with a friend or something. Any situation is going to have good and bad. And sometimes the good outweighs the bad and sometimes the bad outweighs the good. But choosing to intentionally, like you said, focus on that good will make all the difference in your life. And, you know, I lost a lot of my business, too, uh, in the beginning of the coronavirus situation. But at the same time, for me, I put a lot less emphasis on the money aspect of my brand of my my business mm-hmm. and the money just kind of tends to come to me like i i've i've definitely had a few struggles in my life uh, monetarily but for the most part i'm one of those people that things just happen and i think one of the reasons is because i don't attach to that outcome of the monetary aspect i know that one way or another i'm going to be fine i live in a country i'm not going to starve to death mm-hmm. worst case scenario what i might have to stay with a friend for a while Right. I mean, we, we don't have it that bad. When you think about absolute worst case scenario right now, okay, you lose your job. Okay. You don't have any money. What's going to happen. You have to go to a food bank and stay with a friend or family member. I mean, you're still going to be fed. You're still going to be with somebody that cares about you. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have, you know, connection support. So while it might be drastically different than what you're used to, you're still going to be safe for the most part. There's lots of options to make sure that you're safe. Is it a struggle? Absolutely. But yeah, for, for, for anybody that's that's kind of in the business world, my number one suggestion is detach yourself from the results because that's where you start getting obsessed with, am I going to make that next dollar? Like you said in the beginning, am I going to get that next award or that next trophy or how many views right. did I get on my YouTube video? Right. And let me just share something real fast that, you know, I... I kind of get sucked into that sometimes that we think, oh, well, if our podcast didn't get so many listeners or YouTube video didn't get so many views, or if we don't have so many followers, nobody's going to take me seriously or I'm not going to make a difference. And that's my big fear is I just want to make a difference. I want to help right. people. So when I posted my 18 month sobriety uh, video on YouTube about five months ago, it got like less than a hundred views. I don't promote my YouTube that much. It's just kind of for uh, my, my followers and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. when you do these things, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, it's going to get shared. It's going to go viral and maybe blah, blah, blah. And it'll, it'll become big. It didn't. It got like a hundred views. And I was a little bummed at first, but I ended up getting a message from someone really close to me that that video inspired someone that I care about to get clean. And I said, I don't give a damn if it had a hundred views or a million views. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I wanted. And in this sense of business, does it really matter if you make $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 a month. I mean, I get bombarded by business coaches all the time that are, Mm -hmm. give me money to teach me so I can teach you how to make more money. And you can be making $10,000 a month. And I said, what the hell would I do with $10,000 a month? I don't need $10,000 a month. I'd rather reach more people, you know, and and inspire and help more people than have this attachment to how much money did I make this month? And I understand, you know, especially in larger businesses that it is a concern whether you make profit. I'm not saying don't don't pay attention to that, but I, I'm kind of a believer in the law of attraction. And the more you obsess about something and you attach to it so obsessively and so rigidly, mm-hmm. the more you energetically kind of push it away, the harder it is for you to obtain that because now you've put so much energy into it. It's, think of it like a relationship. If yeah. I'm dating you, 
And I'm sitting there going, well, do you love me yet? Do you love me yet? Are, are we doing good? Are we okay? Are we fine? Like, how, yeah. how are we going to do this tomorrow? What are we going to do tomorrow? Constantly. You're going to be like, get the hell away from yeah, me, crazy yeah. Let's lady. Let's back off. Back off. Yeah, you need to chill out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a difference between nurturing yeah. the goals and the relationship and obsessing over the goals right. and the relationship. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I agree. I think, um, you know, looking at the impact that we have is really valuable. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that about the hundred views on, on the post. I had a similar situation several years ago when I first started a YouTube uh, channel and I was just putting out some, um, you know, just some management leadership tips. And I really was not, and, and this, you know, what's sad is I wasn't doing it for the sake of building up a huge presence, I was doing it just to kind of get my own thoughts out and to have them documented somewhere. You know, I, I'm not one that enjoys sitting down and writing a blog, but recording right. a video is no big deal. So I thought, you know, I'll just record it. Well, then, of course, it doesn't take much time before I do start looking at the numbers. And and I remember, I don't know, I was maybe six months in, six, seven months in, and um, I remember looking at the numbers and they weren't that high. And I thought, why am I doing this? You know, this whole thing's kind of a waste. I'm going to stop doing it. And I actually, that week, had told uh, uh, the guy that worked for me at the time that that kind of handled my marketing stuff. I had told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to quit, quit doing these videos. Um, you know, just really not serving any purpose, not really gaining any traction. That same week that I told him I was going to stop, um, I had a lady that worked with my wife. So I did not know her. She, you know, we, we had no particular relationship, but she... Um, she mentioned something to my wife about it. She said, hey, I wanted to let you know that um, those videos your husband's been putting out, my son is a business student in college, and I'm sending those to him every week and just saying, hey, here's, um, like, here's a perspective from somebody that's actually in business every day to help gain perspective of what you're hearing in the classroom as well. And that really, you know, it was like, Okay, I'll keep doing them, you know, so same kind of thing. It was like, you know what, if this helps this one person be a better business person, a better leader, a better manager, and is, and if he's able to make a better impact on the individuals that he leads when he gets out of, out of uh, college, then this was worth it. You know, the time spent, the videos, all of it. And so that, that is what really, it was that moment several years ago that shifted a lot of my focus to the impact and to your point, a million views doesn't necessarily have an impact in that you can watch a cat video that has millions of views. doesn't really change anybody's life. But, um, but you can watch a video that has 20 views and it really hit you to the core. And so, um, so it's, it really is about making an impact. And when we can shift our mindset to that, instead of chasing those very tangible goals, but recognizing what I'm doing is helping. It's providing a benefit and a value to people. Um, there's a lot to be grateful for in that process as well, just knowing how we are impacting other people's lives. And um, and so, it, you know, it, it does, it makes a big difference. It kind of, it's a lot easier to sleep at night when you know you're making an impact as opposed to simply certain numbers are being hit, certain metrics are being checked off. And not to say that we don't need those in business, big believer in metrics, but personal personal fulfillment let's think about impact and let's think about what we're doing to to make an impact in other people's lives more so than just simply um, how big am I building up my brand or my name or my presence right um, <clears throat> excuse me so 
Amanda, I know, um, uh, you know, you, one of the things that I really love about um, you and your approach, and you and I have talked before, is that just as you mentioned a moment ago, like your focus really is not in building this massive brand simply for financial gain. You really want to help people. You want to get information in front of people. You want to, um, you, you want to help someone whenever they realize I'm in a bad space and something needs to change. So um, you're really good about putting out some great information, some great resources, just in all of the things we've talked about, just being intentional about it, making an impact. So tell us, how can we learn about some of the things you have out there? How can we follow the things that you're doing um, and and kind of get a better understanding of some of the resources that you have available? Yeah, the best way is to go to my website, amandawebsterhealth.com. You can sign up for my news, my weekly newsletter where I do send out a lot of tips about mental health, physical health, lifestyle. Uh, it, it's really valuable. I've been getting really great feedback because it just really, it's open, it's honest, it's raw. It's not here, buy my product here. I, I want to sell you my coaching. As a matter of fact, I have a very strict rule about not focusing any of my, my emails or stuff on marketing because if people want your stuff they're going to they're going to purchase your coaching they're going to purchase your package but i want to be able to say hey here's what's going on with me hey here's the struggles the revelations i had this week and i I share a lot of there and then when you do sign up for my mailing list you also get uh exclusive access to my facebook group called the pack because i've always been Mm -hmm. attracted to wolves all all the people close to me have always been considered my pack so Mm -hmm. um and and i share a lot more there like uh, workout videos different tips and stuff for how to manage stress and anxiety especially during these times it's been really um, helpful and of course you can follow me on instagram at amanda webster health and i do have that youtube channel like i said i uh, post weekly i I, I don't have a million views sorry but uh youtube.com slash amanda webster health good yeah well i really i do appreciate what you're putting out there and i appreciate um you bridging that gap between physical and mental health and making sure that we maintain that focus and 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 again one of the reasons i think it's important and i think it's so valuable that you do it is you know physical health is very important to you and and you're able to show that off through your line of work um but then to say but let's not forget the mental aspect that comes along with this as well uh instead of oftentimes where we feel like it's sort of a a one or the other i go to this person about mental health this person's all about physical health i love the way that you're able to marry those two concepts marry those two ideas um and and are able to uh really show that in your own life and in your physical and mental health and um how you're able to provide resources information and help other people so i really appreciate the impact uh that you have made and what you're putting out there i hope you continue to do that really want to encourage everyone to go check out some of this information see what a man has out there and uh you won't be disappointed. It's excellent. So, Amanda, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on and join us today. Of course. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. 
be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.